Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org forward slash resources. Wow, it's so good to be with you guys. It's so nice. I feel so like I'm in such with such a friendly group of people, and I feel the love of the Lord here every time I come here. I wish I could um, stay longer uh, for all the great things that you're doing here, especially this uh, dream seminar that they, they were talking about. I was thinking, wow, I'd like to learn from um, Pastor Mike and Amber more about why I'm having all these crazy dreams. Back in Israel, my friends tell me I should just lay off the pepperoni pizza. But I, I think it's more, it could be more than that. So, but unfortunately, I don't know if I can stay here for four weeks. But wow, that sounds amazing. I don't know many churches that like are doing stuff like that, but that's so cool. You guys are so blessed to be in such a wonderful place where God is moving, where God shows up all the time. Amen. You know, I, I mean, I'm blessed to come here. Hallelujah. <laughs> Because I know when I, when I come and stand before you guys here, even if the Holy Spirit might be weak in my life, he's strong in this place. And so that strengthens me also and encourages me in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for loving Israel. You know, um, uh, uh, it was, uh, I know you guys have a heart of love for the Jewish people. One of your veterans, I think it was Jonathan Sellers, was uh, this morning when I came in, he would say, oh, you're from Israel, and, and Jonathan was a, was, a vet, was a vet for four years for the American Army, and then he went uh, in the Lord's Army when he joined you guys and went on a, was telling me about the mission trip. He went on to Nepal and to India and was telling me about the, the scores of churches that you have all over, that, uh, all over the, um, the subcontinent there. That's just amazing, and also your love for the whole world, which is so exciting to me, you also didn't forget to love Israel. And I think that's one of the reasons why you have such a blessings in the whole world. Because you're remembering to do things according to God's priorities. Amen? And when you do things according to God's priorities, everything just falls into place. You know, even we were alluding uh, this morning to the fact of, um, of, um, of you know, Satan's agenda versus God's agenda. Because, you know, the, the whole world is uh, uh, people that are more, more conservative-minded, as many of us who are Christians tend to be more conservative-minded in terms of, like, I would say, biblically-minded, then we realize that, like, globalism, the way it's being presented by the world, is not such a great thing, but this is the kind of globalism I want to get involved in. I want to get involved in the global river. Because, you see, the devil is a cheating, counterfeiting, copycat liar. He, he never invented anything. The devil has no creative ability. He couldn't, even, he couldn't make a picture like this ever. That's God. The Holy Spirit. Amen? The devil is a thief and a liar. He came to steal, kill, rob, and destroy. Mr. Destruction. God is life and love. And God so loved the world. Hallelujah. So just think God is already in love with the whole world. And then when you get to become born again, God just starts to love you even more. And so it's not like God never loved you. God always loved us, even when we were against him. And then when we finally surrender to God, we actually, he actually comes to live inside of us. And then we fall in love with him, and he's already in love with us. 
And that starts a wonderful relationship with God. Hallelujah. But really, you see, the Bible has a biblical plan of globalism. God is a globalist. Did you know that? So the enemy has, the enemy's idea of globalism is you just take God out of the picture, right? And make man God. And I know that doesn't, that's not a good thing. Ask the people of India. They've made men God for thousands of years and it didn't lead to good things in that country. And we know that. But when, but when you get rid of yourself and God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit comes to live inside you, you actually become filled with God by being born again. We all become filled with God. We become God's people. We become we have the force and power of God inside of us after we repent. <laughs> See, the, the world wants us to be God, but without the repentance. The biblical way is be the son of God by repenting of all of our sins and turning to the cross of Jesus Christ, inviting the Father, Son, Holy Spirit to live inside of you, and you become a God person on this earth. And then you can do God's agenda, which is ultimately globalism. See, the enemy has his false version of that. The reason I know this is because um, eventually there's going to be a one world government. And so I'd be, I would be happy to have a shirt even. This would really stir things up. People would, would not figure this out because as born-again Christians, we're basically against a one world government, right? But I'm not against God's version of a one world government. Did you read about it here? The devil is a dirty, lying, cheating Copycat. He wants to do a one world government under the devil. Under man in charge, definitely not in Israel. It will be Babylonian. But God's plan is to have the king sitting on his throne in Jerusalem, Israel, and ruling over all the nations for a thousand years. That's a one world government. Hallelujah. So the Bible has the original blueprint for all these things. And God's globalism is global river, church type of globalism. Amen? To just love, once you become a God person, to just reach out and love your own country, first of all. Amen? We love our nation, but it's much bigger. As much as we love America, and we do, you guys also have the global vision that the church has to have to serve love and help all of humanity to come to the truth that's in this book. Now, you guys don't realize it, but you, you, know, you guys have had an impact on Israel. And I don't really know all the ways you are connected to Israel. I know that when I started to come here um, about 10 or 11 years ago, from like 7 to 11 years ago, I was here quite a lot with you guys. I haven't been able to come back so much since that time. Unfortunately, I hope I could. Hope this will be the beginning of coming back more. Um, hallelujah, thank you. But I was connected to all of you, thanks to my dear brother, uh, Chaplain uh, Neil Blake, who uh, was, uh, was actually on the, he's one of the five men of God on my humble ministry board that I'm submitted to that are over me. Some of those guys on my ministry board, that I have a ministry board of five wonderful men of God, and we just had a board meeting in Washington a week ago, Neil was there, some of those guys on that board have known me for 40 years. Now, I'm 63, and so they've known me since I was really a kid. And the amazing thing is, 
that those board members that have known me for more than 40 years, the miracle is they, they still speak to me. Now, I'm thinking that's, I just think that's amazing because they really know me. I mean, they know me really, really well. You know, they don't just know the, um, oh, the, you know, the, the halo that sometimes we put over other people's heads. They know every pimple, every wart, every burp, every et cetera that I've ever done. So, <laughs> and so, you know, what I figured out is, I figured out the Lord gave me revelation. He said, if anybody, and that, this actually applies for all of you too, if anybody is still your friend, your true friend, and loving you, and sticking with you, and still speaks to you, and answers your calls, after 40 years, you know what that means? That means that that person is a strong, born-again Christian. <laughs> Right? <laughs> it doesn't say anything about us. It just says they're strong Christians. Woo! Because God gave them supernatural love for you. Amen? Amen. And supernatural love for me. Aren't you glad that God has supernatural love for all of us? God's love for all of us is it's unconditional. He took all the conditions out of it and made it unconditional love. Isn't that wonderful? The only condition is you just got to come... You got to come to the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And if you do it God's way and come through the cross and come through the blood of Jesus, then you belong to Him forever and ever. It's wonderful. Glory to God. But when that all happened, um, when I was starting to get connected to all you guys, somewhere in that period, then of course, uh, Pastor um, Tom and, and Jenny came to Israel and were part of a lot of things we did there. And they, and they were in the Knesset and uh, helped us to bless Israel. And some of you all came to Israel, and then Neil had a major, like, tent revival. Um, and a lot, of that was, a lot of that was birthed by the prayers of this church. And, and, and some, of the, some of the real team that he had were from you guys. Pastor Mike was there. And uh, when Pastor Mike was in Israel during that time nine years ago, his wife was pregnant. And I saw Jordan today. <laughs> and Jordan is, like, now, like, 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old. And she's so beautiful. And she was, and his, her mommy was was pregnant with her, and they named her after the Jordan River. And so, like, you know, you guys are connected to Israel in a lot of different ways. Hallelujah. And Neil's tent revival changed the whole spiritual climate of Israel because he did something nobody ever did. He put up a revival tent on the Mount of Olives where you were worshiping and praising Jesus Christ of Nazareth loudly and boldly all over Jerusalem for 12 days and nights, nonstop. And hundreds came to that. Some got saved. Israel army soldiers and police were assigned to, to watch over us, and they were touched by the Lord. It was a very exciting thing that God did. And um, so that was like, that was just like something only God could do that. And Neil did that. You would think that, well, see, every, people had tried to do stuff like this before in without doing God's protocol. And it turns, like, it, turns like, it turns out that in Israel at least, because Israel is really such a godly, Israel is so created by God, Israel couldn't exist without God. Just like I don't think really America could exist without God either. These are really God-birthed countries, America and Israel. And Israel for sure, I mean, it's in the Bible, chapter verse, there would be no Israel without God. And so when you go to Israel, you've got to kind of recognize that that authority really is from God, and everybody tries to do things without getting the, the blessing of the authority. But Neil went right to the authority, went right to the government, right to the mayor of Jerusalem, right to, right to the city, the city uh, municipality, and, and right to the top rabbis. And he got the blessing and permission of everybody 
to do a Christian worshiping Jesus revival tent on the Mount of Olives. They, nobody ever did it before because nobody ever tried to do it before the right way. And once you did it up front, like, you sure you don't, I mean, they couldn't even believe you. You know what you're asking? Like, we never did that before, but, well, you know, said, but why couldn't you? You know, there's no reason we couldn't. Let's figure it out. And so he, instead of getting them to be enemies, he got all the officials in Israel, in the government, in the religious quarters, in the, in the, in the Knesset, in the mayor of Jerusalem, to be on his side, and they came and helped him do it. So the nation of Israel, because Neil did it God's way, honored Neil with a godly protocol, their own godly protocol, and helped him and protected him and guarded him as he set up a, a worship Jesus of Nazareth loud and nonstop night and day revival tent in the valley of Jehoshaphat, which was a pretty interesting place in the Bible, right, out, right in Jerusalem, which is, has some pretty good precedent. So during that time, um, I was, uh, <laughs> all you guys were also praying for me. Thank you very much. And I know that's, that's very, very important. Anybody that's serving the Lord overseas, I've been in Israel now for almost 40 years serving the Lord, 38, and I, I'm a full-time missionary in Israel to the Jewish people, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and I need a lot of prayer to do the things that God is calling me to do, and um, I appreciate your prayers so much, and thank you for them. But I met, through God's sovereignty, I met a top computer scientist in Israel, and this, this story is connected right to you guys, because... This guy, his name is Gil Ilutovich, and I met Gil Ilutovich, and, then, and, uh, and I was like the first born-again Christian uh, that he had ever become close to. We became very close friends. We were like best friends, and I worked with him for six years at a computer high-tech company in Israel, and God has a sense of humor because I'm, I'm a very low-tech person. I'm like really low-tech, but I, was, I became the Christian advisor to one of the top high-tech com companies in Israel. And I think I was like, at that time, probably one of the only Christian advisors to any high-tech company in the world. I mean, that's, just, uh, that's crazy, you know. And why do they do that? Because, because they, they do a lot of, that company, Compedia, does a lot of, um, does a lot of educational software. And so um, they realized that there could be a market for this educational software with Bible-loving Christians like me and like you who want their kids to know this book, right? And they realize that this book has been taken out of America. Maybe we could use high-tech to, 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 to start to bring it back. So I worked with that company, and we came here, and, and I took Gil around to meet some of the, what I would call the cream of the crop Christians, because, you know, he's a big fish, um, Gil, and he's the CEO of this company, and uh, and this company now has grown. The company is now like, you know, since they started working with Christians, they're like five times bigger now. And the owners have been so blessed. And God has, God has used them so much all over the world. And we had some kind of a product that we had that we were working on that didn't quite go anywhere. But during all that, I brought Neil, I brought Gil here. Uh, Gil has met Neil. And I brought him here. And he met all of you guys about seven years ago or so here in Global River. And it was the first church at that time, this Gil Ilutovich. Now, Wait till you hear the story. This is Gil Ilutovich. He came here about seven, eight years ago. This is the first church in the world he was ever in. This Israeli high-tech man, okay? And he, remember he said over there somewhere in that morning, there was, um, 
there was a young, there was a young person, like a teenage person that had just come back from a mission trip, and they had a word of knowledge, and the word of knowledge was about a man. There's a man here that has, uh, that has problems moving his, his, his right shoulder, and he can't even lift his arm. And God says, today God wants to heal you so that this problem will be gone. Well, Neil was going like, Neil was looking at me and said, did you tell him about me? <laughs> I didn't know this guy who was here. And, Neil had, and, and Gil had been in the prayer meeting before, earlier, and had seen that at that time in the, in the prayer room, there was, um, there was, you know, the flag of Israel and a shofar, and there was olive oil from Israel and uh, like a prayer, a prayer shawl. And, it, and Gil goes, are all the churches like this? I said, well, no, they're not all like this. Because remember, I wanted to bring him to the cream of the crop because he's never experienced anything. And so that was his virginal experience with the body of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Hallelujah. He met the real thing here. Because at Global River, you guys don't just talk this stuff. I notice that you actually do the stuff. And God loves it when you do it. Amen. He loves it when we talk about it, but he loves it when we talk about it and do it. Woo. Doesn't get better than that. Let's do it. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he felt the love of the Lord there and the worship and praise, he never saw anything like that before. The Holy Spirit was moving and people were speaking in tongues and singing in tongues. Gil goes, what is this? I tried to explain to him and then he said to me, then after this young man had this word of knowledge, he turned to me and said, you didn't talk to him? I said, no, no, no. He said, do you, th do you think he could be talking about me? I said, it could be, Gil. Because Gil actually had that particular problem that for years and years, his, um, his whole right shoulder was very lame, and he couldn't lift his right arm because of an, arm, an accident he had when he was in his early 20s. Gil is now like 50 years old, like 48, 50, but at that time in the early 20s, when he was in his early 20s in the Army of Israel, he had a bad accident and was almost died, but came out of it alive and, had, was, and was crippled that way. So um, he, <laughs> and so uh, this guy, so so then the, the, so this young man says, so listen, listen, we're not going to stop me. This young man was persistent. He said, listen, this is the word the Lord has given. And so whoever this is, please just lift your hand and start to praise God now. And so Gil lifted his arm, and he lifted up both arms and started to praise the Lord. And then Gil started going like this with his arm and swinging it. And his right shoulder and arm were completely healed at Global River Church. Well, that makes an impression, right? I mean, God was showing off. And now Gil, who is very proud to be Jewish, and he, and, and, uh, he has no interest in being anything but Jewish, realized that, like, the Holy Spirit of God is moving in churches, too, and not just in his synagogue. In fact, he felt the Holy Spirit of God stronger here than ever he had felt in his life in a church. And so he goes back home and explains this to his whole family. That God healed me in a church. And he, and he goes to the hospital and tells all the doctors, God heals me in a church. Tells all his friends. And they're all becoming interested. And so Gil is actually witnessing for the Lord. He still publicly does not accept Christ. and still has not publicly accept Christ. Because God has God is his own plan for that. It's like God's timing is not always our timing. And God is using Gil right now as a mighty witness for the Lord and soon after that, within a year or two after that, you prayed over Gil. All of you prayed over Gil. Well, we happened to meet after that Global River experience. And then he came back another time a couple years later. He had had a bike accident. And this time he was almost embarrassed because he was, he was limping. 
into the He goes, oh, no, what's, what am I going to do if God heals me again? How am I going to explain this to all my friends in Israel? God two times healed me in a church. And he goes, I'm afraid to go into the sanctuary, David. Do you mind if we sit in the way back? So we sat in the way back. He figures maybe the Holy Spirit doesn't get to the way back. Gil is so sweet, so funny. <laughs> and so at that time, you know, your, your, your sweet, sensitive pastor just says, listen, God wants to heal people today. And, uh, and he knows exactly what the, what the thing is. And so just join hands. The, the person to your left of you, just let that person pray for you. And, and everybody pray for the person on their right. And so the person to, <laughs> to Gil's left was like a little, like, six-year-old girl. <laughs> A six or seven year old girl, I don't know who it was. You know. Yeah, they're Anna Grace, okay. So she was little. You know her name, okay? So <laughs> Anna Grace. And so she was young, right? Yeah, so she was young, and so she just had this sweet little prayer. Oh, Lord Jesus. And then Gil just received it. He just received that. And he was instantly healed of his crippled, of his crippled foot from a bicycle accident that he was limping for six months and stopped limping. And I was with him in the airports. This poor man, you know, before, before his shoulder was healed, he could not pick up a bag. Now he's swinging the bags around. This poor man couldn't even walk through the airport. He was all crippled. And now he's like, he's moving fast through the airport without any limbs. And he's telling everybody, well, there's a special church in North Carolina. That, I don't know why. But God... Shows up there, and he goes so humble and sweet and says, I don't even know why God would heal me. I'm sure many other people have much greater things. Why would God heal me? And so Gil started to feel God's love for him. And it wasn't long after that that we met a dear family in Oklahoma called the Green family. That's the Hobby Lobby family. You know, there's a whole family on fire for the Lord. And in Oklahoma City, it's called the Green family. They have Hobby Lobby. And the whole family is actually multi-billionaires with a B. And, and they give up, and they, and they believe that all their money belongs to the Lord. And so they just give the Lord everything and live on what's left over. I mean, instead of tithing, that's a good way to do it, right? Just, Lord, it's all yours. <laughs> Whatever's left is ours. And so that's a pretty good, good way. They start with the principle, it all belongs to you, Lord. Nothing belongs to us. And give us the stipend that we should live on this month. Now that's, wouldn't that be pretty cool to be a billionaire and to just live on the stipend that God wanted you to live on every month? And everything else belongs to God and to his kingdom. So the family got together. There's uh, like 12 uh, devout Christians in that family that are on the board. Everything is family owned. And the family is worth millions and millions, billions and billions and billions of dollars. Everything they touch all over the world, just God blesses because they put God first and they put Christ first. And now this family... They loved Israel because the Bible says so, but they'd never been to Israel. And they never even had actually met one Jewish person. So guess who the first Jewish person is that they become friends with? Gil Ilutovich. So Gil Ilutovich becomes like their best Jewish friend and one of their best friends. And now, and then Gil Ilutovich introduces them to hundreds and hundreds of other Jews, Jewish professors, Jewish leaders of Israel. People high up in the army of Israel, okay? Jewish, Jewish millionaires and billionaires. Um, unbelievable connections that Gil brings to the Green family. And they all come to Israel to meet, to come and see Gil and to meet Gil. So they come, the whole family comes on a plane and, and they have a whole bus with like 30 of them. And they all come to Compedia and pray over Compedia, Gil's company, the Green family. And, they, and, after, and there's like 
four other companies in the world, because God showed the Green family about six years ago, we must build a Bible for the museum. We must build a Bible museum in America that will bless the whole world. But they had no idea that this Bible museum was also going to be connected to Israel. And so it ended up as they were in, in Israel. There was like four other high-tech companies had proposals in, and Gill's company won the proposal. And so Gill's company um, won the proposal to do all the high-tech stuff for the incredible two-billion-dollar Museum of the Bible that's opening in Washington, D.C. next Saturday. And I, I'm not even sure that Gil would have ever met them without your prayers and without him becoming on, falling in love with Christians in Global River Church. And Gil would love to be with you anytime. He's become so busy. He travels all over the world. And so the, the, his company got this big, big contract, and they had to hire like 30 new people, and, they, and they're working nonstop. In fact, he has his top high-tech people right now Gill's top high-tech people are in Washington right now because they have one week to finish this. It opens in seven days, and they're working night and day, night and day to put the last finishing touches on the museum so it can publicly open next Saturday. And Gill and his wife and the two other owners of Capita and their wives will be with the Green family and, like, the top donors and top leaders of America and leaders of Christendom <laughs> will be in uh, this Museum of the Bible for an amazing gala celebration this Thursday night. And Gil is coming to America especially to be there for the opening of the Museum of the Bible with the top leaders of the company. And so that Museum of the Bible has all the high tech comes from Israel thanks to Global River. I mean, that's an actual outgrowth of your love for one Israeli, do you see? And so God has you guys connected to the whole world in ways that you don't even no, okay? And Gil himself would tell you the same story. I'm telling you, this is his actual testimony of how he got to know Christians and, and love Christians. So this is so exciting. So you've got to understand now what, what God has made in, in Washington because all of you need to go see it um, when it starts opening next Saturday because it's what, what? Yeah, it's free with a suggested $15 donation. It takes nine days to see the, this new museum, Museum of the Bible. It's nine days, eight hours a day. It's unbelievable. Um, the, the leaders of the, of the number one museum in the United States is called the Smithsonian Institute in Washington. So the heads of the Smithsonian Institute had a private tour of this museum. Uh, Neil and I were for another tour of that recently, and we got to see inside also. But the leaders of the Smithsonian Institute were there, and after they saw the, what's, what's going to happen in the Museum of the Bible when it opens next Saturday, they put in writing in their, when they thanked the museum, they said, listen, you guys are now, as far as we could tell, you're the number one most advanced museum in the world. Number one. They said, every museum in the world that wants to be relevant for the 21st century, cutting edge, you've set the new high bar for all the top museums in the world. So you know how sometimes Christians get tagged with doing cheap stuff? This is 10-star, deluxe, first class, the nicest thing you've ever seen, okay? You've got, and it's going to help. This is, this is going to have an impact on America. And also, um, also, they've done it in a way that even Orthodox Jews will be able to go there because they've done it with the, with also with the, with the advice of Orthodox Jews, 
And, of course, the whole Green family now doesn't just love Israel because the Bible says so. They all became Christian Zionists. The whole Green family. They love Israel. They're fanatically in love with Israel. They just think they can't believe it. So the whole family became a pro-Israel Christian family. Isn't that wonderful? Because of all these connections. Isn't God good? So only, I'm telling you people, only God can do this stuff. You know, as I'm ministering here and I have about, uh, have about 15 more minutes to share with you, really, uh, it's hard for me to, to minister in a place like this where the Lord is so powerful because my, really my main worry is that I'm going to get in the way of the Lord. I'm sure your pastor feels this way too when he stands up here. I'm sure Tom was very so anointed, probably feels that way too. And others who stand here because there already is a mighty river of God moving in this place. And so the, the, the only thing I can hope is, Lord, Please don't let me do anything to stop that river. <laughs> Please don't let me do anything to impede what the Holy Spirit is already doing in our midst. So the most I could hope would be to somehow maybe stand in some little island of that river. And so I don't do anything to block the flow of the river. And my actual prayer is this river would just get deeper and deeper and I would be submerged in the river. And nobody would see anything except the river. Amen? Hallelujah. And that happens in this place. You guys don't realize how good you've got it. People go hundreds of miles to get this kind of elixir, this gospel elixir. And you guys have it here. You're drinking from the spout where the glory comes out every week. That's wonderful. Amen? But that has not happened yet in Israel in a major way. But many of us are praying that there's going to be a church like this someday in Jerusalem, Israel. And I would love to be part of that. If I was the janitor of that church, I would be so happy I, I, would be, I don't have to be on the ministry team even, but I know I'm going to be part of it when that happens. There's going to be a church before Jesus comes in Jerusalem, Israel. Maybe Neil's going to be a part of it. Maybe some of you are going to be a part of it. Maybe I'll be a part of it. That's going to be lifting up the name of Jesus like you guys are doing night and day, 24-7 in Jerusalem. And they'll be coming from all over the world to worship Jesus. And in that church, Arabs are going to come to the Lord by, by, in multitudes. And Jewish people will be coming to the Lord in that and all this has to happen, actually, before Jesus Christ returns to Jerusalem, Israel. Isn't that amazing? I want you to know that sometimes Israel gets a bad rap, but pray for Israel. God's hand is on that country. They're, they're certainly not perfect, and I know you do pray, but they're right where God wants them to be. Let me tell you something that a lot of people don't know about. For the last five years, the, the army of Israel, okay, this big, bad, you know, terrible army of Israel that everybody hates, you know, well, praise God for the army of Israel. Without the army of Israel, I couldn't even live in Jerusalem. No, no, no Christian could visit Israel. Israel wouldn't even be alive without the army of Israel. And the army, if Israel wasn't alive, Jesus can't come back again. So when you say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, say, thank you for the army of Israel. Thank you for the army of Israel. Thank you for the army of Israel. So you can say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, because he has to come back to Israel. And when he comes back, there have to be Jewish people there, alive, not dead, ready to worship and praise him. Okay? And so the army of Israel is just keeping, the, keeping things going so the Bible prophecies can be fulfilled by the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the things the army of Israel has done for the last five years is, you know, there's been a civil war in, in, um, in uh, Syria. And you know that civil war is, you know, like more than... More than 200,000, like more than a quarter of a million people have died in Syria. And there's so many refugees. The whole country is a complete mess. Israel, together with the, with the cooperation of the UN, now has actually taken one corner of southern Syria 
And the Israel army has become responsible for one quarter of a million refugees. Now, you didn't hear about that because it's, it's all censored. It was finally uncensored a couple months ago, and you still don't hear about it because the news media hates Israel. And this is a good story, okay? So you never hardly ever to hear about this. But so Israel has this operation called Operation Good Neighbor, where they're ministering. The army of Israel is finding the neediest cases of people with no homes and no food and no clothing, and is providing for them and has a tent hospital where Syrian refugees is like the only place they can get medical help which is in a big army-protected tent hospital right on the border between Israel and Syria in the Golan Heights. And when, you come, when these refugees come there, thousands of them have been, have been airlifted by Israel Army helicopter to the top hospitals of Israel to get expensive life-saving surgeries done to save their lives and bring them back home to Syria, okay? So this, they've done that with thousands of people. So the head of this operation is a friend of mine. His name is um, Ron Ishai. Ron Ishai uh, is, is, was high up in the government at one time and is a good friend of the Prime Minister of Israel. And Ron Ishai is in charge of this program, uh, representing the Israel government, work as the interface with the army. And Ron Ishai got introduced by, by me and many other people, not just me, to evangelical Christians that love Israel, like you guys. Okay, so Ron Ishai, who was an Orthodox Jew, Okay, Orthodox Jew, not a, not a believer in, in Jesus, yet, yet, <laughs> key word yet, right? <laughs> because I want you to know, none of you were really good candidates to come to know the Lord either. Were you all such great candidates to become Christians? I'd like to know that story. Anybody have a testimony like that? Oh, God just couldn't resist me. I was so amazing, I had to get born again. No way. And I would say you're lying through your teeth if that is your testimony. So all of you who think, well, God can't save the Jewish people, just look in the mirror one day. God saved you, brother. God saved you, sister. God can save Israel. Amen? So don't feel so high and mighty because God loves challenges. And I bet all of you were a challenge to God. I know I was. God loves challenges. Why? Because with challenges, God gets all the glory. Amen? And God's going to get all the glory when Israel comes to know the Lord, which is going to happen soon. Keep praying, okay? Remember, there's a blinder on their eyes that God put there. Now, that's, that's called, I guess in golf you would call that a handicap. <laughs> that's a pretty bad handicap. Imagine all of us were also blinded by our own sinful natures and our own pride and lust and selfishness and everything. We all have blinders over our eyes. And anyone that gets that blinder lifted and comes to Jesus, it's a miracle. But the problem is with the Jewish people, as a whole nation, they've been blinded by God. And so therefore, for the last 2,000 years, very few relatively Jewish people have come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior because God purposely has been blinding their eyes. But it ain't going to go on forever. God has a, God's plans are not our, 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 are not our plans. His ways are not our ways. Ironically, the first nation that gave us the Bible, that gave us Christ, that had the closest relationship to God. Remember, if Jesus had never come and died on the cross, then for the last 2,000 years, the smartest thing you could do would be to become a Jew and, and, and know God the Jewish way. But God made an even better way. 
The way is through the cross, amen? amen. The way is through Christ, amen? And so ironically, the people that gave us that whole message about the coming of the Messiah will be the last nation, the first nation to get it. Isn't this like just like God? Will be the last nation to have their eyes open to Christ. Isn't that exciting? And it's getting ready to happen not too long from now. When that happens, folks, it's all over. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. Jesus is returning. And he's going to return to Israel. And he's going to rule and reign over a one world Christ-worshipping world for a thousand years. That's the millennium. And boy, that's going to make the devil mad. Because all of his plans will be thrown into the trash. And God's purpose wins for the earth. Isn't that wonderful? But Israel is very important to that. Israel is very important to that. And so this blindness that's in the eyes of the Jewish people, you would say, now why did God do that? So first of all, if you say, how come the Jewish people for the last 2,000 years, so few accepted the Lord, what's their problem? What was your problem why you didn't accept the Lord when you were 10 years old? How come all of you didn't live for the Lord since you were a child? If you were brought up in a Christian home, you live in a Christian country, what took all of you so, so darn long to find Jesus? You only found Jesus because he found you and lifted the veil over your eyes. Not because you're so good looking and so smart and memorized so many scriptures. That adds nothing because we have nothing in ourselves to recommend ourselves to the grace of God. Think about it. It's not very complimentary. There is nothing, nothing in any of you, and I know for sure nothing in me, nothing that would naturally recommend ourselves to the grace of God. It's completely, a thousand percent, a free gift of God's love through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. So when Paul said, I know in me there dwells, there, there dwells no good thing, he wasn't just exaggerating. He had a revelation of God's amazing chesed, of God's mercy, God's loving kindness. That it's all you, Lord. It's all you. And Paul had, would seem to have had a lot of things to recommend himself, but God said no. So God, why did God put this special, no other nation in the world has this, quite as bad as Israel. Okay, In other words, Israel's, maybe other nations are blinded to some extent. But Israel has a complete blindness to Christ that was put on them by God 2,000 years ago. How would you like to have that handicap? But someday God's going to lift that blindness. And it's getting ready to happen soon. And Israel will become the number one Christ-loving nation on earth. Isn't that amazing? That's the destiny of Israel. And so, and why did God do that? Do you remember you remember, you guys, you read the Bible, you know your Bible, Romans, and what Paul says. Why did God put that, it's twice mentioned in the New Testament. Why did God put that special veil of impenetrable veil against Christ? So they don't see Christ. They see everything. They're like the smartest people in the world, but they don't understand Isaiah 53. I mean, it's like Isaiah 53, that they can't even figure that out. And you and I, you know, with a first grade education can figure out Isaiah 53. That's Jesus. A Jewish person looks at that and goes, I don't know what this means. I'm going to have to ask my rabbi. And then the rabbi doesn't tell them the truth. <laughs> so, so why? It's almost like God has a sense of humor, but it's more than that. It is God having a sense of humor because God likes to get all the glory, and God loves to have the last laugh. You know that, right? He loves to have the last laugh. 
and God will have the last laugh. Let God be God and every man a liar. Amen? The God of Israel, hallelujah, will have all the glory. God put that special veil on the eyes of the Jewish people. Why did he do it? He did it for us. That's what the Bible says. Because we come from all the nations. I happen to be Irish, German, completely Gentile DNA. Because God knew that the Jewish people would probably get full of themselves and realize, hey, man, we wrote the book. We, we, we brought this Messiah to the world. This is good for us. Let's just start a big bless me club. You know? Bless me, bless me, bless me. And maybe make it hard. Build walls around this. Don't let other people have this. This is so good. We're special. That's human nature, folks. It's also happened to the church. Hello, the last 2,000 years. You get it? We did the same thing. That's why we got to jump in this river. Thank you, bro. And so God did that specifically made it almost impossible for Jews to come to Christ. It's like ridiculous how hard it is. I, I've been in, every year we have just like a handful of Jews that are coming to the Lord. And unfortunately, um, you know, we want a big revival. This hasn't happened quite yet. It's getting close. When it happens, believe me, you'll hear about it. You'll hear about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews coming to the Lord. That church that the Lord has shown me better be ready in Jerusalem for them. Okay, pray for that. And other churches, not just that one. Hallelujah. But think of the mercy of God that he blinded their eyes so that the gospel would go to you and you and you and you and me, to all the nations, for God so loved the world. And in the end, he still didn't forget, because God is a wonderful rememberer, amen? He still didn't forget his precious Jewish people, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Bah, bah, bah. The kingdom of God will not be complete until they also come in to the kingdom. So you, Global River, are really complete, but you'll never be completely complete as the body of Christ until Israel becomes part of the body of Christ. And that's why I'm in Israel, and I do cherish your prayers. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your plan, Lord. You've got a wonderful, wonderful plan. And help us, Lord, to cooperate with your plan and to move with your river and to move with your flow, Lord, not to get in the way of the great things you want to do. And even, Lord, to be facilitators of your kingdom purposes and not impediments to your kingdom purposes. Please, please, please. But as much as possible, help us all, Lord, to be surrendered to you, Father God, and be facilitators of your great, great kingdom purposes. Bless Gil Ilutovich and his partners and their wives as they, as they meet these top Christians in the world in Washington next year and, and, and just thrill at the opening of this amazing museum of the Bible that they helped create in Washington, Lord, with the help of Israel. And I pray that museum of the Bible, Lord, would be used prophetically to cause America to turn back to you before it's too late, Lord, because you're not finished yet. You have not pulled the plug. Lord, you're in charge of history. We, there's more time, Lord. You didn't pull the plug yet. And help us, Lord, to believe for great things, Lord, even in America before it's too late, Lord. It ain't over till it's over. We thank you, Lord, that, you are, that even you were extending the end times. You're extending the end times for a bigger and bigger and bigger harvest. And, Lord, we're greedy for a big harvest. So, Lord, as much as I want to see Jesus come today, because I certainly need him today, I also ask you, Lord, please, Lord, big harvest, big harvest, big harvest. Lord, Father, if that causes even the coming of Jesus to be delayed, help it to happen according to your will, sovereign God, so that more and more, 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 more millions 
more hundreds, more thousands, more hundreds, more ones, singles, will come to you, Lord, before the curtain finally closes. And we hear the trumpet sound. Hallelujah. And the archangels shout. And Christ will return to Jerusalem, Israel. Lord, get us, help us to do everything we can, Lord, to work, to work, to work in the kingdom harvest fields, Lord, anointed by the Holy Spirit, not by our own flesh, and not to rest, Lord, and work because the night is coming. It's not, not here yet, but the night will come when no man can work. So help us to continue to labor, labor, labor. Thank you for the, this church and their sacrifices of love, Lord. Bless it back to them many, 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 many times over. Thank you for the privilege I have of being their friend and representing them in a very humble, small way in Jerusalem, Israel, the city of the great king. In Jesus' wonderful name, I pray. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The pastor, I'm inviting Pastor Tom, I'm inviting Pastor Tom and Ginny to pray. I don't know if they can because they, they have a busy schedule and a worldwide ministry. Woo! Whoa! Okay, well, I, do, I was wondering what the boss would say, but <laughs> asking them to please come to Israel next year, November 6th to 16th, and bring a bunch of you over to Israel. Where I'm gonna, my son and I, my son is in the travel business in Israel, and my son and I are putting on a 10-day, very powerful Christian Zionist tour of the whole country and a very anointed conference. We pray because you're all going to be praying with me, so it will be anointed. And Pastor Tom is going to be part of that anointed conference, which will include worship and prayer, we believe, in the Knesset of Israel for half a day. This two-day conference will be called, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, what Christ said over the holy city. And you'll be meeting some of the top, some top Christian speakers, men and women of God, and top Israeli Jewish speakers. Some know the Lord, some don't know the Lord yet. Uh, Neil Blake, who's on my board, and my board approved of me to do this conference next year, November 6th to 16th. Start to pray about it. Bring lots of people. Come, come, come. It's to keep the price as low as possible. We're making it a three-star hotel, so I just want you to know in advance. If you want to do a five-star hotel, you've got to do a different tour. But we have a nice three-star hotels. Every cockroach has been checked and cleaned and washed. No, 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 no. You won't see any cockroaches. That's a joke. Three-star hotels in Israel mean like Holiday Inn, okay, not... Hilton, Grand Hilton, okay. It's like a Holiday Inn Hotel. So that's a three-star hotel, in Israel, but there'll be good accommodations. There'll be great food, great buses, modern buses, modern facilities, the top guides in Israel, and we hope that you can come and do it. Neil and I are going to be in Florida for a few days this week, and we'll be meeting with um, Mark Taylor. You know, Mark Taylor had the prophecy about Trump, the Trump uh, visions, and uh, the Trump prophecies, and we're asking Mark to come to Israel. He's never been before. He's a good friend of mine. We're asking him to come to Israel. So he's praying with his wife to maybe join us next year for that. Wouldn't that be great? Because if he comes to Israel, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'll probably ask Gil to help me. We've got to have Mark Taylor meet the Prime Minister of Israel. And uh, I know that God, that's a, one of his appointments. That he, so he's praying about coming. So we're going to have an exciting time next November. Hope to see you there in Jerusalem in my hometown. God bless you. Love you all. have just a seat for one minute. Um, we've been uh, praying about what, what the Lord wanted to do next year. So we accept your invitation. So uh, it's been a few years since we've been there, and to be part of that, come on, Jen. She said we're going, so. You know, I, I think I shared with you, did I, last week or whatever, that I've had this real 
drawing, longing to go back to Israel. And really, I thought it was going to be before November. So I said, well, maybe, honey, we can go a couple of weeks before that and spend a whole month. Thank you for sharing today. It was so inspiring as always. If we could uh, put a request, we, we love to stay on the Galilee. One of the kibbutzes there. I mean, yeah. And hey, three-star hotel. Have you ever seen where we stay in Nepal and India? We don't count the cockroaches. They attack. <laughs> so, hey, we're good. This, you don't have to do, put on any airs for this crowd, right? It'll be awesome. So, we're, so we'll be praying about how that comes about. We have a full year to be able to raise funds and start working towards that. And so it'll be amazing. You're going to do something in, in uh, Jerusalem then as far as the conference. That'll be good. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, praise God. Well, let's, let's stand. We just thank the Lord for, um, for Israel and all that's about. And you'll notice some of the passion that, uh, that Pastor David gets when, because he's heard all the negative sides from, you know, we've preached here about the church has not replaced Israel. There is no replacement theology in the book. And so um, when you hear some of the stuff about, well, why did they miss it? You can read that in, in uh, Romans chapter 11. It says, when the exact number, my translation says, when the exact number of Gentiles has come to the Lord, all of Israel will be saved. So think of, think of the, that, not, that just one day, all of a sudden, the, the number of Gentiles that could be get saved, that's the number in God's head, and boom, all of a sudden, whoo, it's going to be a time. And, and Gil Olochevich, I remember um, Neil had him in the tent in Magnolia after the being healed in the shoulder, and, and he preached, and he invited everybody in. I, he was like a kid in the candy shop praying. Here's this Orthodox Jew who's praying for people on their shoulders. And I was just like, Gil, are you born again? He goes, you can't ask me that. And so, anyway, it's, God just privileged us to be able to be part. Oh, that would be so wonderful. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, when he got healed, when, when little Anna Grace, Anna Grace, remember Anna, who was one of the ones who waited for the Messiah to be born? She was, and then Grace, the charismata. I just think God's got this tremendous uh, sense of humor. When, when Grace got healed, uh, when Gil got healed, he came up to share about his shoulder, and he kept going like this because he couldn't believe that now what am I going to do? Uh, his wife was real, and his rabbi were really nervous about him that he had gone off the deep end with this Christian church. So when he introduced, uh, Neil and I went to the Bible Museum a year ago, and they were in the construction phase of it. Gil introduced us to the CFO of the Green family. He says, this is, these are the guys of the church where I got healed. So he had already shared with them the testimony. So it, it's, you never know what God's up to. <laughs> He's just, anyway, Lord, we just come before you this morning, and we're grateful. Help us to burn. Uh, in those places for your people, God's people. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness. You have a good plan, and you are just looking for us to cooperate. So I want to pray a blessing over the conference and the time, what's in your heart for next year, that the timing and those who come, we would be able to carry the glory. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you for your grace and for your mercy towards us. 
Lord, we thank you for all those that we've stood in the gap for this morning. We're believing for the testimonies of those that are going to come in. I want to give the Lord honor. A few weeks ago, we had a word about there was even people that had been estranged from loved ones, that within a few weeks, there would be connections. And I got a report this week that that has happened. So, Lord, I thank you that your word is true. And we can make the proclamations of the goodness of God. Like David said in Psalms, I would have despaired had I not believed. I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So God, I pray now that you'd make your face to shine upon everyone here, every family member. I pray for the marriages. I pray for the children, for the battles that some have even come this morning, the testimony of Lou's wife being healed from cancer. Another lady came forward this morning and says, I want that. I'm standing in that place. So God, you're a God of great miracles. You're a God who is able to do and you amaze us. I read in the psalm this morning when it opens, you do the amazing things, and people are then drawn to your goodness and your love. So, Father, thank you. Bless the city now. We give you thanks for all that you're doing. In the mighty name of Jesus.